Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. Welcome to our Thursday teaching. Dag Heward Mills is going to teach you about the all-important art of following and will introduce you to examples of people you should aim to follow and learn from. Being a forgiving person is more important than being a favorite. Forgiveness is one of the greatest Christian virtues to ensure your walk with God remains in light and not in darkness and bitterness. Bishop Dag will teach you three important reasons why you must strive to become like Joseph and to be a Christian who always chooses to forgive. He will also share historical examples of unforgiving and wicked leaders and why you must be determined to not exhibit any of these traits if you want to stay close to God. Be blessed by today's teaching. If you 
Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessing that you give to us today. We are grateful. We ask you to lead us by your great power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Right. I'm sharing with you about the art of following. And the art of following is important because it's one of the biblical ways and secular ways to learn something, to become something, is to follow. You can become nothing if you cannot follow. So following is a very important thing. Amen. Um, Three people you can follow. Number one, you can follow somebody in the Bible. Somebody who died long ago, but lived and was recorded his life was recorded in the Bible. Number two, you can, rec- you can follow somebody who was not recorded and whose activities were not recorded in the Bible. For example, other great men of God, people who have served the Lord, but whose records are not in the Bible. Number three, you can follow somebody who is serving the Lord today and whose good example you can follow. Alright? So, you can follow somebody in the Bible, somebody not in the Bible, and somebody who is alive today but is following the Lord and is a good example that you can be blessed from. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. It says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of the Lord. Amen. So you can follow people who are inheriting the promises. There are many promises in the Bible. Many people do not receive these promises because... For every promise, there are often many, many other reasons why things also happen in different ways. For instance, if you read my book on tithing, God promised tithes would open the windows of heaven. But if you read on in that book somewhere, I think at the end, There is, I think, a chapter on about 20 or 25 reasons why people pay tithes and they do not get blessed. Because there are many other factors as well. So when you see somebody who has uh, followed the promise and has actually inherited the promises of the Lord, then the person is probably escaping from so many other factors and variables which would really prevent somebody from inheriting the promises. 
if the Bible was to happen for us exactly, we would be more than Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. I don't know what we would be. Because when you read the Bible and it promises fantastic things for us, I mean, God will never let you this. God will lift you up. God will do this. It's your rock. It's your salvation, your life. I mean, so many things. If it was all to happen to one person, I tell you, it would be fantastic. How many would like all the things in the Bible to happen to you? All right? You'll always be above, and, and everybody else will also be above always. And so everybody will go up in the lift. You know, but it says, be followers of the people who have inherited promises through faith and patience. So, ladies and gentlemen, these three characters can be followed. Somebody in the Bible who's dead, somebody dead but not in the Bible, and somebody alive. Now, it is a good practice to follow all these three at the same time. Find somebody who is in the Bible whom you can follow. There is always something to learn from somebody who is dead from the Bible. There are many people who we can learn from. People just like you and me. Their lives are in the Bible. Written about their weaknesses, their problems, how they overcame. That is why we must read the Bible You must read the stories in the Bible. You must make your children read the stories in the Bible so that they grow up and know the stories. There are many, many, many stories in the Bible. So you can can follow, you must try to get somebody you're going to follow, I mean, who is currently one of your people that you are following. Secondly, take somebody who is dead served the Lord in the past. A character whom you can learn from. Example, if you're a lady, you can learn from somebody like Catherine Kuhlman. There is a very nice book called Daughter of Destiny by Jamie Buckingham. Very, very powerful, revealing book that will engage your attention uh, for the whole book, the whole length of the book. I recommend it to you. If you are a lady, you want to be a daughter of destiny, you will see yourself in those pages, your weaknesses. You will find out that they were the same weaknesses that Catherine Kuhlman had. Her struggles for love, for affection, her struggles as a woman in a man's world. You find it all in there. You see how she overcame. So, if you, if you read about Catherine Kuhlman, you, you, find out that, um, you find out that she was somebody who suffered the same problems that you suffer as a woman. If you're a man, there are many people just like you. And um, then you can follow somebody who is alive today, whose example is a good example. Are you there? Okay, now, when you're following somebody, there are two things that you need to know about the person. Number one, you need to know what the person teaches. In Acts chapter 1, 
you find very important scripture that describe two things that everybody must know about somebody you're trying to follow. All right? In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, I composed the first letter about what Jesus began to do and to teach. So these are the two areas you must know about if you're following somebody. What the person teaches and what the person does. All right? The reason is because there are maybe three or four types of people. There are people who teach a lot, okay? And then they do little. We have something called Dr. Doolittle. So they teach a lot and they do little. And there are some people who do a lot and teach very little. Are you listening to me? All right. So there are, there are people who do a lot and they do not teach. They do not teach so much. Example of somebody who teaches a lot is um, Moses. All right. And... Um, he didn't do so much in a certain sense, but he, he taught a lot. He taught the most in the Bible. Five big long books of difficult to understand things. Is that not so? That's Dr. Moses. But um, if you take somebody like Joshua... There's nothing like teaching. Do you ever read the teachings of Joshua? Joshua never had many teachings, but there was a lot of action. A whole book of fighting, battles. David also was somebody, the third kind of person. So we have one kind of person who teaches a lot, all right, does little. Another one does a lot, teaches little. Then you have somebody who teaches a lot and does a lot. Like David. Most of the Psalms were written by David. But he called himself the anointed psalmist. And so that's a whole 150 Psalms. He wrote a huge chunk of them. And then he did a lot. David's life is basically the first and the second Samuel. That's a lot of history. So he did a lot, and he also taught a lot. You know, we can learn a lot from him. A lot of prophecies about the uh, coming Christ were from David. Amen. Are you there? So, ladies and gentlemen, you have these three types of people. Then, another important reason why you need to watch out for what people do and teach is because some people never teach some of the most important things that they do. They don't teach it. They will never say it. They will never mention it. They will never teach it. They just, just, I don't know why, they will just not say so. And maybe the reason to say so has never come up. So they don't say it. So that is one of the reasons 
why you need to watch what they do because sometimes they are acting out the teaching but they don't say it all right and then you also have people who do a lot and not that they don't mention it but they don't understand what they are doing they don't understand what they do why it works did you know that like if you called uh, Asamoa Jan and asked him why has his soccer improved from the last World Cup to this recent World Cup he may not be able to really tell us why he's playing better because at the last World Cup we almost wanted to stone him I mean the one before this one was it Africa Cup no the one no World Cup he was missing the goals all the time when he's seen the goal post then he plays it to the right but during this World Cup he scored some beautiful goals and now he's playing in England so ladies and gentlemen um, you realize that somebody may be very good at playing but doesn't know why he plays well that is why not all the good players can be coaches like Pele I don't know if he ever became a, a good coach or this uh, Argentinian guy Maradona I think he was quite a bad coach isn't it he coached Argentina and he ran away in disgrace at this World Cup but he was a very good player but no coaching ability all right but uh, some people have never been players like Mourinho has Mourinho been a player before he has never played and I'm sure he probably cannot play if you put him there he cannot score he cannot do anything do you understand but he can teach what is to be done so all these variables exist and that is why when you are following somebody you will always have to follow both what the person does and what the person teaches because he may not even understand what he's doing or may never just it doesn't occur to him or no one ever asks him why are you doing what you are doing so he never explains anything so there's no teaching about that subject the bible says if all the things that jesus did were to be written about the world could not contain the books that would write his history so ladies and gentlemen it's very very important now today we want to follow joseph for just a few minutes maybe 10 minutes 15 minutes and then we'll, we'll close um number one become a favorite of your father how many have been favorites of your father before joseph was a favorite if you are a favorite you enjoy things they just like you they always call for you isn't it they say where is where is so and so and they are never angry with you you get extra favors they don't seem to quarrel with you fight you whatever but if you are not a favorite you always have to live according to the rules is it not true how many realize that it's true whether you like it or not there are always favorites jesus had favorites he he gave he didn't give his mother to anybody to look after he didn't give thomas all these guys he said john john the beloved 
And John called himself, John, by the way, called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. But that thing is only found in the book of John. You know, the disciple whom Jesus loved is found only in the book of John. So he called himself the disciple whom Jesus loves. So you see how it goes. So he was campaigning for his position as the one whom Jesus loved. All right? But it's good to be a favorite. When you are a favorite, I tell you, um, you will you will enjoy certain blessings. Look, favor is where it passes beyond exams. You see, and those things are practiced in the world. The world itself realizes that at a point you cannot use principles or exams to take people higher. You have to use favor and favoritism. For instance, in the army, you do exams. Exams, you get promoted from captain, from um, lieutenant to captain, from captain to major, and from major you get promoted to, I think, Lieutenant Colonel. But from there, there's no exam. It's, it's a president to come and make him a general. But from Colonel, you go up, Brigadier, General, and so on. Then from that on, they, they, that's where the exams end. And from then onwards, it's just who likes you, who chooses you. It, it's, it's, it's a reality, you know, so, you, 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 you have your favorites. You have your favorites. Stop pretending. There are people you like more than others. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is that you can learn how to be a favorite. Because some people always do the things that make them the least favorite. You always get the most blasting and you are, you are not liked. Okay, now the next and the last point for today is genuinely forgive your brothers and your sisters. Okay, Genesis chapter 45, verse 4. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. This is the story of when he forgave them. And it goes on in Genesis chapter 50 from verse 15. The Bible says, and Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead. They said, Joseph will hate us and will certainly requite us of all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a message unto Joseph saying, thy father did command before he died saying, so shall you say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin." For they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face and said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, 
For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Hallelujah. Hey, you are clapping for Joseph. Because you see, this is the one key that most of us do not have. But perhaps it's the greatest key, no greater than becoming a favorite of your father, is to be a forgiving person. When you do not forgive, right, your life immediately changes. Immediately changes, changes course and heads into darkness. I can tell you that many of us are where we are today because we have not forgiven some people. Not even that you haven't forgiven, but maybe you have been forgiven for some time, for long enough to direct you. You see, every time you do not forgive, you head into a dark place. And life changes. Amen. So, forgiveness is perhaps the greatest Christian virtue that will ensure that your life stays within the places of light. Amen. Everybody you ask, have you forgiven? They say, oh, I don't have anything against him. I don't have anything against her. Oh, me? It is he who changed. She's the one who, but me, I forgive it. I don't have anything. My heart is free. This is how people talk. And usually, they are the ones who are filled with bitterness and unforgiveness. Amen. So, you need, there are, there are, two important reasons which I want to give to you, or maybe I should say three important important reasons I want to give you why you should forgive. And then um, I will share with you the closing remarks. (laughs) The first reason is found in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? 
Now Peter was trying to be real smart. And he said, Lord, seven times. Seven times. Seven times. Is it seven times? Once, twice, seven times. But Jesus looked at, at Peter. Because it's possible for one person to, to, to blow you a beast seven times. Do you understand when I say blow a beast? The person becomes angry, shout, talk by heart, talk rubbish, speak in such a way that you want to give the person a dirty slap. How many have felt like giving somebody a slap before? Lift your right slapping hand and let me see if you've ever felt like giving somebody a slap before. Okay. You can have somebody doing that to you seven times. But, but, what Jesus said to Peter surprised him. Jesus said, I did not say 70 times, but 70 times 7. Which is how much? Huh? 490 times. And by the time you finish counting 213, you would have lost count to get to 490 times. Can you imagine your heart is broken by somebody? And that person is going to break your heart 490 times. Even one experience with that person is enough for a lifetime. Can you imagine 490 of that same experience? What? Now this lady, this message applies largely to ladies. And and to unforgiving brothers. Because there are some brothers who can really quarrel. They don't leave issues at all. Hey. If you marry such a one, I tell you. So can you imagine 490 times nonsense? So when you have had a bad experience and you are going to experience 490 of that, then, now, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle, one owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground, prostrated before him and said, have patience with me, I will pay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves which owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling. And he went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you 
of that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should pay all that was owed him. My heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. So the first reason why you must become like Joseph is so that you will not be handed over to the torturers. Now, somebody said, what are these torturers? Are they evil spirits? Are they evil spirits in hell? I don't know. Do you know? If you know, you can write to me and show me where, what it means. But what is good enough for you to know is that there are something called torturers. And whether you will be handed over to these torturers on earth or in hell or in heaven, I don't know. If you know, you can answer. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is that you are going to be handed over to the torturers who are going to torture you. So you need to learn how to forgive Otherwise, you can expect your life to be full of torture. Now, it's interesting that people who are very wicked are the most unforgiving people. And people who are the most sinful, alright, are the most unforgiving people. I'll have to say that again. People who are more sinful and wicked and deserving of hellfire are the most wicked and unforgiving people. So anytime you see somebody who cannot forgive, usually that person is a very bad person. Don't get angry with me. I didn't write the Bible. This guy was owed how many denarii? 10 huh? he owed 100 somebody owed him 100 but he owed his lord how much 10,000 talents and, and when you compare the ratio it's 493 trillion to 10,000 so one owed him how much 100 pence and the other owed him 10,000 something. And when you do the conversion, because it's different denarii and whatever, it's 493 trillion to 10,000. So the man has sinned to the tune of 493 trillion sins. Those of you who do not forgive people. You are the most evil, wicked people usually. Usually. 493 trillion. That's why you can't forgive. Because unforgiveness is just one of your many sins. So, those of you who can't forgive, you are full of 493 trillion. And the other one, what verse? Bring the verse. 
and do the calculation. 100 and what? 493 trillion. If you check it up, you see. All right, that's the ratio. If you check my little book, Forgiveness Made Easy, you'll see the calculation is there. 493 trillion. I can, I can find it out. All right, for you right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, people who don't forgive, they are the most wicked people. Now, usually, people who are very holy and righteous, they are rather more forgiving. I'll give you an example. Remember when Jesus, they brought the woman who had committed adultery? And then he was holy. He didn't commit any sin. He hasn't seen any, whatever, all these things before. He rather said that they should leave the woman. Do you see? The wicked people said they should stone her. Yeah, the wicked people. So I'm explaining to you that wicked people, they, it's one of their many sins is unforgiveness. Yeah. Now I'll give you an example. For instance, if you look, yeah, 10,000 talents. I'll, do, I'll get the calculation, it's right here. If you look at uh, people like Hitler, you get it. Hitler and his team had no mercy. No mercy. If you fall into their, uh, what do you call it? If you fall into their bad books, there is no mercy for you, brother. You are dead and you are gone. I'm telling you. Amen. You are dead and you are gone. Forever. Forget it. You are not going to come out. When they tried, it's 493 trillion to 28,000. So somebody has done 493 trillion sins compared to somebody's 28,000 sins. Trillions. Yours is millions. You've moved to billions and you are in trillions. And the trillions to is hundreds of trillions. In Tina, you cannot forgive. Yeah. That's the calculation. One gold talent is worth $29,085. One talent of silver, $1,922. 10,000 talent was $290 million. And this guy was forgiven a few cents, 100 cents. So when you do the calculation, the exchange rate, and so on, you get 493 trillion. What do you mean? Wicked boy, wicked girl. Now Hitler and his guys, Charlie, they had no... Me- you see, the lack of mercy is one of the signs of iron wickedness in the spirit and the soul. When you come before such a person for judgment, execution, whether firing squad, there will be no mercy. There will be no change of mind. You will die, I tell you. Oh, and when you read and you watch the documentaries, when they try to assassinate Hitler, they put a briefcase under his, under his table and the man took the, put a briefcase, went out of the room and there was an explosion. 
when Hitler came out, he survived. He said, God has made him to survive. Hey, it was not easy in Germany. The man who put the, the briefcase there, he took a flight to, to Berlin. He thought that Hitler would be dead. When he arrived, they met him there. That Hitler has survived. And he's under arrest. They executed him, but it was the other people. They hung them with piano strings. If I could take some of the piano strings out there, you see the metal. They hung them with piano strings and with meat hooks. You see what they used to hold meat in the freezer. And they executed the people slowly in front of their in front of their um, families. And they executed families. Very brutal. When you, when you look at Wicked people like Julius Caesar entered into towns in France. What was, at that time, it was France, was called Gaul. And he would kill a whole, whole town. He would show them, never mess with me. They have something they call, when the soldiers try to do whatever, they have something they call decimation. That means that one out of every ten soldiers... They count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten out. Then they execute you in front of your friends. One, two, three, four, five, six, ten. Decimation. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, deci- decima, decimation is a ten. It's called decimation. That's what they do. To, that's what he did to the people. No mercy. The first person you hear of cutting of hands is Julius Caesar. He, cut, he went to a village and cut off the hands of all the men. He showed them that you don't mess with Julius. Don't mess with me. Don't. Don't. He said there are some stars which move, but there are some stars which don't move. Whether will come, but it will be fixed and changing in his position. Genghis Khan, another ancient ruler, wicked, the leader of Mongolia, he conquered more than three, four times the size of the Roman Empire from Mongolia. A very wicked man. He had his best friend. And at a point, he quarreled with the best friend. And then he fought with the best friend army. And then when he got his best friend, he put him on a wheel and he, he killed him by breaking his back. He broke the man's back on a wheel and turned him around. His best friend. No, this is the kind of this. Nothing like my friend. I want to bet for this. And when he, he died, there was a city he went to fight, and that was the last city. When he finished fighting, the king of the city came to beg. When he came to beg, they said he should wait because Gentry's Khan was dying. And as he did, as he lay dying, he gave a last instruction. He said, "Let that." He mentioned the name of that town in China. Let it disappear from the face of this earth and it disappeared nobody was left the entire in his death he made everybody vanish yeah he killed more more these are people without mercy and merciful and they are the, the people this this a person who has no mercy cannot forgive cannot release cannot they are usually the most evil people the most wicked is a revelation of your evil. It's a revelation of your wickedness. It's a revelation that if you were to come into power, if 
maybe you are a, just a lady somewhere, just somebody's wife or somebody's a woman. If you were to have power, people will just disappear. Oosh, I feel it. Decimate the troops. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You decimate your friend. Yeah. I'm preaching to you about forgiveness so that you will know what it is. I said, Jesus Christ, who hath not slept with anybody, and this is a woman that has been caught actively. And he, that has a lot of implications. Says, the Bible says in the very act, if you, don't know, if you are mature and somebody says that he has been caught in the very act, it's not a small thing. It's not a small thing. And, and Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, no. Jesus said, no. If the most wicked people can't forgive, can't release, cannot smile, cannot be happy, cannot relate with people, cannot live with people, cannot understand anybody else, cannot accommodate anyone else, if the most horrible spiritually, I'm telling you, it's Hitler. And you see, Hitler and all this, Hitler was a last corporal. Hitler was a lance corporal in the army. He was a corporal. Either lance or uh, corporal. Lance corporal or corporal. He was just a corporal. He was not anything high up. And he was doing a looter, looter, you know, one, two, one, two. He was not like an officer or he, he was an artist. He tried to do art and his art was never accepted. That is why when he overcame, he, 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 he uh, he ran over uh, France. He visited Paris early in the morning when he had a victory over Paris in um, 1940, June. And he first, one of the places he went was the, the art galleries because he was an artist. He went to say, he said, oh, the art in Germany is nicer than the one in, in France. He was a failure in life. A very wicked man. He caused the death of more than 50 million people on this earth before he went out. And no one was ever able to kill him. He executed, executed on the left one. Stalin, same. He killed his own people. Wicked. I mean, they have lists and they just execute. He killed his wife. I mean, all kinds of things. And Genghis Khan also killed his brother. It just shows the type of people there. So I'm just saying, they have, well, when, it, when you come to them and they, you bow down. No. Henry VIII, his wife begged him. And Boleyn, she begged him, forgive me, please. No. And he killed so many people. Henry VIII, king of England. So, brothers and sisters, I'm just explaining to you that it's one of the most horrible states you can be. That's how you can relate with people. Every day, quarreling. Every day, something. Oh, you can't stay at peace with any different person. You can't marry and just forget about what is wrong with this other person. So that's the first one. Number two, I'm, I'm finishing. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark 11, verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, 
so that your father in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Verse 26. But, but, if you do not forgive, if you do not, neither will your father forgive you. And if God does not forgive you, you are doomed. You are praying, God, answer me. God, answer me. So, that's the second reason. The third reason is found in John chapter 8 in the story of the woman. Verse 1. Let's read it. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Verse 2. Quick, quick, quick. Early in the morning he came to the temple. Verse 3. And the scribes brought a woman taken in adultery. Alright? And when they set her in the midst, they said, so this one was taken in adultery in the very act. Okay? Go on, go on. Moses in the law commanded that such should be stoned. What do you say? Verse 6. When they said that tempting that he might accuse him, Jesus took down and with one finger he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And so when they continued asking, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. And he again stooped down and wrote on the ground. Verse 9. And um, they which heard it being convicted went out one by one, beginning at the eldest. The eldest had been around for a long time doing so many bad things. So he had to go first, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in his midst. Verse 10. And when Jesus had lifted up his eyes, he saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? Verse 11. And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Verse 12. Then Jesus spake again. This is the verse I'm after. Not all the story. Jesus again spake to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. When you do not forgive, you walk in darkness. You see, this is the whole thing in context. When you don't forgive, you walk in darkness. And you don't have the light of life. Amen. You don't have the light of life. So this life needs light. The light of this life. The light of this life is to follow Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, leave this woman alone. All of you, not knowing that all of them were fornicators, so that's why they left. All of them were fornicators. From the eldest to the least. Do you think there was only one person in the town committing fornication? All of them were fornicators. You are going to kill somebody's sister. And some of them maybe have slept with her also. And her brothers too are in town. And her brothers are going to see what you did to her. You stoning my sister. Somebody's cousin, somebody's sister, somebody's mother, somebody's friend. And the rest of them are going to hate you and say, this guy, I know him. This guy, I know him. Look at what they did. They've killed. You will see Pepe. And then the fight continues. So where there is no forgiveness, there is darkness. And that's why Jesus said, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness. If you are following Jesus, you must forgive 
Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then he said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows my ways, you know what I'm doing. Oh, he shall have the light of this life. His life will be different. His life will have light. His life will have light. Light. Look at the darkness that is falling on Ivory Coast. The bitterness between uh, Watara and Bagbo. Bagbo's people. One kills. You kill seven women. You kill 14 of Bagbo soldiers. You kill seven of eh, Alassan Watara's women. You kill another four. You kill another this. This one kills another that. And then it descends. Look at Hutu Hutu and Tutsi. Hutu and Tutsis. Darkness. False. This one versus this. This one versus that. This one says this. This one says that. This one says this. This one says that. Look at the darkness in the world. Your life is in total darkness. When you cannot... That's why Joseph... eh, if he was to have just decided that you, my brothers, you have seen something when I was inside the pit and I was crying. Brother Jay, brother Simeon, brother Simeon. You, I heard you discussing. You said that the snake should, but you know that there were snakes there. Do you know that where, you, where I fell, there was a snake there? <laughs> Do you know? Do you know? Where I was down, I was begging you. My father is a royal man. And you let me become a slave. I've gone to suffer. I've worked like a fool. Because of you, this guy, Ruben and others. You will see something. You say you are a father of children. Or I will show you today that I am a prime minister. <laughs> what? He said, my father was alive. My father has died now. Yes! The eyebrow is only there because of the eyes. So, as the eye is no more there, there is no need of eyebrows. So, you see me as I was relating with you, it was because of the presence of the father. Now that the father is no more there, there is no need of these eyebrows. Hey! When I was crying in the, in the prison, where were you? I was shouting every time something bad happens to me. I was in the prison praying, praying. Every time I have dreams, nobody minded me. Nobody remembered me. Wicked guy, you this guy. They say, what your name is, Levi. You will see something, you and your children. They would have wiped out Christianity. He would have wiped out everything, everybody. And a new darkness would have all the films we want, the Chinese film, everything is one killed somebody and one survived and he grew up and he came back, he came to kill this and that and it goes on and on and on and on and no one ever escapes. It's true. So life, you cannot stay with your husband, you cannot stay with your wife, you can never be happy. I 
tell you, darkness descends on your marriage. You cannot cohabitate. If there's a word like that, you cannot cohabitate. I know it's cohabit. Cohabitate. I'm saying it for you to understand because when I say cohabitate, you understand it more than cohabit. Is it not true? Yeah. I said cohabitate. <laughs> it's a new word. I think it has a new word. You cannot stay in a church. So many pastors have just walked out into darkness out of hate. And I know. I know. I'm going. And they just go into darkness. Never hear of them again because they are hurt. But if they could have forgiven. Because, because, because to live together for a long time me, I will predict that I will offend you. Even. I'm sure I will offend you. I must offend you. Because if we are all in a room, we are walking, I will step on your leg. In the night, I will just slap you like this. But I think, for me, to know that I'm like Hitler, I'm one of the most evil people. That's why I cannot forgive. It's one great motivation. I would like not to be like Hitler or Genghis Khan or Julius Caesar or Stalin or Hitler or these kind of terrible characters who are merciless. No mercy. Never. Never. I would not like to be in that group of merciless people. So you see our lives full of darkness. If Joseph had not forgiven, do you think the Bible would have written gloriously about him? He would have also descended into deep darkness. That would have been the end of Joseph. He would not be writing. God would have raised up a deliverance against Joseph to fight Joseph. And Joseph would have died in another way. So my friends, you must prepare to be hurt. If you've not been hurt, you are new. Did you hear me? If you've not been hurt, you are new. Just the other day, I was hearing somebody said I was using him as an example for something and he, he didn't like it. And I was thinking, I said, look at somebody. He wants to leave the church. He's trying to find something. He wants to leave the church. So he's trying to find something. Maybe I shouldn't have used you as an example, but maybe God is also using that to, to test you. Yeah. 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 That's why sometimes some of you, we don't, when, when we see you, we don't even advise you anymore. When you ask, I will just look at you. Sir. Even sometimes we will even give you the wrong advice. So, yeah, this is the, yeah, this is the way. A certain brother, no, it's a certain sister, rather. She was going to marry the wrong brother. And the pastor came in, and the pastor told her, Look, you are doing the wrong thing. This person you are going to marry is just because of money, this, this, that. 
is not the right person for you. She was angry with him. And she left the church. So, some years later, another sister came. And this sister was similar to the first sister. And a similar type of brother came for the second sister. But this time, the pastor had learned his lesson. Learn your lessons well. So when the sister came with the brother, the expensive brother, he said, nothing. So he left them. So she went, married happily ever for some time. Not after, for some time. Happily ever for some time. We have happily ever after and happily ever for some time. So they live happily ever for some time. Hey! As they were living happily ever for some time, then suddenly, the thing began. Bago Watara, Bago Watara, Bago Watara. Hey! So, finally, they were prisoners of war. And the sister came to see the pastor and said, Pastor, why didn't you tell me when I was going to marry this bad brother? And the pastor said, it is because of your sister, the first one. When I told her, I lost her. So when it came to your turn, I decided to keep quiet. It's true. So that you would now go freely. You not say that I am the one who has stopped. Because some of you, you will do it anyway. The advice you are asking is just protocol, but you are going to do it anyway. Some people, when they ask you for advice, they have no intention of obeying you. They just say, oh, you are my father, but they will never obey you. You might as well call me BMW. Say, I'm from today, I'm a BMW. 44 series. It's a bombo. Some of you, you don't understand what I'm saying now because you are too young to have been hurt. Have you seen why older people are quiet? They are just watching. These things, we have seen some before. Yeah, they are full of experiences. The young ones, you don't know. Look, to see somebody who has been in the church for a long time, he has been hurt many times, but he's still in the church. Yeah. When you see somebody who is married for a long time, he has been hurt many times, but he's still in it. Yeah. We see somebody who is flowing happy. The person has learned. It's not that, oh, you see, when you see somebody who is flowing and happy, most of you think that, oh, he's, he's got a very good wife, person. He's, he's got a very good husband who is very caring and is the best. He's, a, he's an A1. You are joking. He's a specialist of forgiveness. Super specialist sister of forgiveness. Yeah, it's not that he's a specialist. Or he, he was able to choose something good. Oh, it's a specialist of forgiveness. Forgiveness which is not fake, but real. Real that you just flow as if nothing has happened to you before. Yeah. Not pretending, not pretending in public. When you come to public, you start pretending that everything is okay. No, it's real forgiveness that is as if it never happened. It's a specialist. I'm sure the uncles and aunties can t- testify whether what I'm saying is true. 
I cannot ask them, but I'm sure after church you can see them. <laughs> I don't want to be like Hitler. I don't want to be like Hitler. I don't want to be one of those Amer- One day there was a guy, he was the one in charge of the uh, Auschwitz um, concentration camp, Auschwitz in uh, Poland. And he was staying in, the, in, that with, in his bungalow with his wife and his little children. So, and every day he comes to kill 10,000 people. He burns them. The smell was there all the time. Burning fire day and night. They could see it from the skies. So one day a lady was going to be killed. And she had a little child. And she asked this guy. Oh, I forget his name now. His name escapes me. The commander of that camp. She asked, she asked commander, when you see a beautiful little girl like this, how will you want to kill the child? He asked her. And the man, when he was interviewed, these are his memoirs. He wrote them when he was in prison after the Second World War. He was captured. He went to work on a farm. After some time, they, ca- they caught him. And when he was in prison for trial, he wrote his memoirs of the things he experienced. And he wrote about how this lady asked himself, there were certain things experiencing that shook him. But it's like he said, he, he, cannot, he cannot be moved. The lady asked, look at the, look at the, look at the beautiful girl. How you cannot kill this one? And they marched them. said, oh, to the fire. He killed them day after day after day after day. Killed out children, children, children. Merciless. A person who can be touched and see. In that person you can see yourself. He's, he's, he's a Christian. But, and, and, he, and after he finishes, he wrote, he will go back and his children will be there playing. kill the people, kill all of them. And they'll be begging, begging, begging. They used to play German music for them. And they throw roses at them as they are walking to the fire. And then they dig them out. They take them, burn it. No mercy. And some of you, I tell you, if you were to get more power, power, but you should see how some people behave when they become head of department. Head of department, too. It's not easy, head of department. Head of this, head of that. Vice whatever of this. Assistant of this, head of this. It's not a small thing. And there are many people who would never like to work under a lady, especially ladies. Ladies, is it true? True or not true? Yeah. Because I'm talking about the wickedness and the unforgiveness is more in the women. You should ask them how many maids they have had. One person was telling me I'm in my 44th. This is my 44th maid. I've had 44 maids since I married. 44. 44 people have come. They cannot stay with you. Because their madam is there. Hey, So, I want to just give you, as I close, even I've, I've, I've overstayed my, 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 my time, but I want to give you some keys to be easily able to forgive. Number one, consider yourself. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, If a man is overtaken in a fault, any fault, including a fault you cannot relate with, a problem that you, 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 you don't understand. How many know that there are problems we don't understand? Sometimes you see somebody in a problem and you say, ah, but you too, why? I mean, how? If a man is overtaken in a fault, whether you can relate with that fault or not, you who are spiritual, spirituality, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. That's the key word there. Considering thyself. Lest thou also be tempted. Amen. So that is the first important key. Most people don't seem to consider themselves when they are dealing with others or even talking about others. Amen. One day I heard a sister talking about another sister who had gone to commit fornication with someone. And she was talking about it. You see, but she was now married. She was now happily married, living happily ever for some time. <laughs> so she was saying, I mean, how? I mean, how? And I was looking at this girl and said, Ah, by you, you are a serial killer in your days. In your time, when you were young and free, you were a champion. From one loto kiosk, you move to another loto kiosk. You move to another loto. And you should see the reaction towards others. It's amazing. And those who are spiritual, they don't behave like that. When you meet a spiritual person, his attitude towards sin, it can easily make you think that he is also doing some of those sins. What a word. Yeah. Because when you see somebody forgiving someone, you can easily think that, Oh, the person has been caught with stealing and then this guy is releasing the people because he's also a thief or he is part of the deal. So that is why but spiritual people and kind people like Jesus, why do you think Jesus said leave the woman? Is it because he was also sleeping with somebody in town and he didn't want them to find him? You are spiritual. You are spiritual. So consider yourself. Ah. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Thou art inexcusable, O man. Whatsoever thou art, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein, wherein, wherein thou judgest another, Thou condemnest thyself, seeing that thou that judgest doest the same things. 
you must never forget Romans chapter 2 verse 1. You are condemning somebody. It says, Thou therefore art inexcusable, O man or O woman. But you see, we don't believe it. If you see somebody doing something, so I've not done that before. I've not done that before. I, I don't know how this is. I've never done that before. I'm happily this. I'm happily that. You don't see yourself. When somebody is doing something, you say, you don't see yourself. But you are it. If we come and we sit down with you and we go through the analysis, you are worse than the original criminal. Thou that judges. I like this verse. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man. Whosoever thou art that judgest, Huh? For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Wow. Is it not amazing? So that is the first week. Consider yourself that you are also guilty. All pastors are guilty. There is no righteous pastor. We are all sinners. Pastors, true or not true? True or not true? Charlie, if you go and go to court and you meet some woman judge who is having premenstrual tension combined with divorce, divorce, proceedings and marital strife, and you are falling into her powers without mercies and she will see in you the behavior of her husband yes. and the judgment will not be easy at all number two second way that you can make forgiveness as soon as you consider yourself you cool down One day a certain lady pastor was preaching. Powerful message about holiness. How ladies must cover themselves when they are wearing certain things. They are exposing themselves and she was just moving all over the place. I mean she was facing the young lady and she was just moving, 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 moving. Then suddenly... She saw her. One of her former boyfriends was sitting there. Hey! Suddenly, she she cooled down and started going backwards. And she changed, and the whole message became forgiveness and love. And because she saw the guy sitting in the. He said, "Man." This my old firewood that has come to church. My heart is melting. Shabaya bombo. You should have seen her shouting all over the place. You women, this time, whatever. You wear your clothes. You do this. You gotta do this. Wear your bow. Cover yourself. This and that. Uh, 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 cover yourself. 
Number two. Number two, analyze the offender. Analyze the person who is offending you. Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus said, is he analyzed the people that were crucifying? Look at some guy called Simon. Look at another guy called Osei Kwachi. And look at this guy. So this man is a poor man. He's looking for something to eat. <laughs> that is why he has come to crucify me this evening. <laughs> eh? Look at so Kwachi. Eh, Kwachi. You want to kill me, son of God? And Jesus said, Forgive them. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. Eh? Forgive them. Wow. It's a powerful key to forgiveness. Just analyze the people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you there or you are going home? And finally, like Joseph, analyze the outcome of some of the pain that you've been through. When somebody was nasty to you, some of it has made you more spiritual. You wouldn't be thankful for that. Huh? You wouldn't be thankful for what you've been through. For what you've been through. God has, God has humbled you. Look at you, are a nice, humble person today. Remember how you were somewhere? I said, remember how you were somewhere? And Joseph said, look, God, God. Joseph said, am I God? Am I God? Am I God? I like it, you know, when he said, am I God? Because a man must always remember that he's not God. Nobody's God. You are not God. He said, am I God? Am I God? Am I God? Am I the one who created men? Who created women? Hmm? Am I God? Who created marriage? Huh? Who created pain? But look at the outcome. You, some of you here, I tell you, if it's not for Sinyazo, like you will not be in the church today. Sinyazo has brought you to the house of the Lord. Sinyazo has brought you to where? The house of the Lord. Do you know Sinyazo? Storms of life. And finally, analyze how you don't want to be like Hitler. Or Stalin. Write this name. Hitler, Stalin, Genghis Khan, Julius Caesar, eh? Caligula. And these are characters you don't want to be like in any way. Eh? I like to be like Jesus. I like to be spiritual. And I like to forgive. Amen. When I look at all the orangus that have faced me in my life, sometimes when I'm also facing them, I'll be laughing inside me because I'm just facing them for the... I need to face them as a protocol. But I love them. All people have betrayed me. 
who have fought me. I like all of them. All of them have contributed to make me who I am. If it was not for them, I would not have the experience that I have. Paul said, we exalt in tribulation. Tribulation maketh us have persistence. And persistence worketh out experience. And when an experienced man comes, there is hope. If you, if you are dying of heart and an experienced man who knows how to revive heart comes, the Bible says, experience worketh hope. See, when the person comes, see that he's experienced in troubles as he's come. He's seen many troubles. That's why the Bible says, experience worketh hope. Romans chapter 5. So you thank God for the tribulation that has made you know how to persist and persevere. And persisting and persevering through trouble has made you experience. And the experience has made, the Bible says, it worketh hope and hope maketh not ashamed. How many will be like, happy when you are in crisis and trouble and you see somebody who is experienced in that kind of trouble arrive on the scene? Hope has come. It's nice to feel like a superman. You see that? Hope has come. If you have been arrested by the police on the way, and as they are debating, they are taking your particulars and they are trying to arrest you, and then an experienced person comes and puts his hand on the policeman and says, Brother, it's okay. It's late. And he sack you. Will you not be happy to have such an experienced person to come and save you? such a time a superman experience worketh hope so thank God for what you have experienced God is using it to make you into a great person lift your hand and thank God for his word today hallelujah father we thank you for your blessing we shall forgive help us to forgive it is well with us in the name of Jesus we thank you in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet, everybody, as we close. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give God glory, Father. I fix my eyes on you. Author of my pain. Casting aside every weight and every way. I fix my eyes on you. I fix my eyes on you. Lay my burdens down Letting the cares of this world now fade away One thing I ask, O oh Lord One thing I ask This one thing I see I may dwell in your house, O oh Lord my King All the days of my life, I want to gaze upon your beauty, seek you in this holy place. All the days of my life, all the days of my life, I want to gaze upon your beauty. Fix my eyes. I fix my eyes on you. The author of my faith. 
I have no grudge. I'm free. I forgive them. Forgive them, Lord, as forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive me as I forgive them. Lift your hands. One thing I ask is one thing I see. That I may dwell in your heart, O oh Lord, my King. somebody invited you to church but you know deep down in your heart you are far away from God I want to pray with you, I want to pray for you now if you are here like that, lift up your right hand I'm going to pray with you as we close God bless you, God bless you lift it up high, thank you, thank you pastor, I want to give my life to God tonight lift it up, thank you, thank you if you've lifted your hand, come to me just come from where you are standing come one thing I ask is one thing I I may dwell in your house, O oh Lord, my King. All the days of my life, I want to gaze upon your beauty. Seek you in this holy place. Pray with me this prayer, and everyone join in. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Today, I come to you just as I am. Please wash away all my sins. Please cleanse me from my sins. Today, I humble myself and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Savior. My Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please 
write my name in the book of life. Thank you for receiving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.